Good evening, everybody. Brian Newbert here from GoldenBlack.com, live in his car once again, driving home from Mackey Arena, uh, this time following number one Purdue's 65 to 64 loss to Rutgers in Mackey Arena. This is your Golden Black Radio Express postgame podcast. Uh, it is brought to you by our friends at the Purdue Federal Credit Union, uh, Sand Valley Golf Resort, TNW Design and Build, AcrePro.com, the Whitaker Inn, and uh, the East End Grill and Ripple and Company, and it will be co-hosted by the rain pitter-pattering off my windshield as it's starting to drizzle here in West Lafayette. Uh, yeah, so Purdue uh, loses 65-64 to Rutgers, uh, the Boilermakers' first loss of the season, as you're probably well aware. Uh, it is Rutgers again that does it, and uh, it's, I guess we can officially call Rutgers Purdue's arch-nemesis. Not just their nemesis, their arch-nemesis. Um, you know, there's a reason why Purdue has had issues with Rutgers and a lot of other teams have had issues with Rutgers and um, you know a certain amount of exposure I guess came out of this game uh, from Purdue from Purdue's end uh, I think this was the first time that their freshman guards you know looked like freshmen at times I think Purdue's overall poise at times lapsed and that's not something we're accustomed to saying about Purdue this season as they've been so far advanced relative to where conventional thinking suggests they should be. Uh, but there was a stretch there in the first half where Purdue was just flat-out shook, and there were a lot of turnovers, and there were a lot of just awkward passes and a lot of near turnovers and a lot of just diving and flailing and and reaching and scratching and clawing just to keep possessions alive uh, because of how much Rutgers was disrupting uh, Purdue and how physical Rutgers was being and just how many problems they caused with their defense. And things like that and it shook it shook Purdue and it, it was the young guys it was the old guys it was pretty much all across the board and it was the sort of situation where you really where you know Zach Eady has covered up so much about this team this year um, this was you know Zach Eady's finally it was bound to happen Zach Eady finally gets in a little bit of foul trouble um, it did it, he still played a decent amount of minutes uh, got his productivity at the end of the game but in that first half, when Purdue really needed kind of that stabilizing force, uh, whatever it might have been, and with that said, Rutgers did a great job defending him. They do a great job with their defensive game plans, especially against big guys. But when Purdue needed that identity, needed that foundation, uh, you know, Zach Eady was in foul trouble. And that's the first time this season we've said that, as this was the first time this season we've said a lot of things, uh, notably about the, the poise from the freshman guards, uh, Purdue needed its older guys to be a little bit better than they were tonight. Um, of them, I think the only guy who really, you know, played really, really well, I thought was Mason Gillis. Uh, I thought he made a couple of really big-time effort plays and really, you know, his will was imposed on this game at times. Uh, I think Brandon Newman made some shots, obviously. That's a big deal for a team that struggles to make shots. But I also think he he had some bad turnovers. He took some bad shots, and he led to some, you know, scoring for Rutgers that obviously was important in the grand scheme of things uh, I thought Ethan Morton was solid uh, up until you know the the game winning three Rutgers made I think he probably overplayed a little bit on Paul Mulcahy and 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 allowed for uh, the sort of look that you just can't give up in that situation for Cam Spencer uh, that was the game winner uh, for Rutgers um, it's kind of human nature I, I don't you know, Paul Mulcahy had taken over that game. It was literally the difference between a team playing 20-something-year-old guards and a team playing 18-year-old guards, 19-year-old guards. 
Paul Mulcahy had taken over that game. So I think on some level I can kind of forgive Ethan Morton a little bit for being overly aware of Paul Mulcahy. Uh, but that said, you can't allow Cam Spencer to get the sort of look he got with the game on the line. Um, this was kind of bound to happen, you know, and it's amazing that it took as long as it did for this to happen because, as I mentioned before, conventional thinking says that there were going to be some really hard ups and some really hard... I don't know what this means. There were going to be some really... There were going to be real ups and downs uh, for Purdue, you know, early on in this season, and there really weren't. It was like Purdue tested out of a very important part of the process, and I think... It, as much as it's regrettable for Purdue to have just lost a game that it could have won, a Big Ten game no less, a Big Ten home game no less, um, you know, I think in the grand scheme of things, this is the sort of game that, you know, makes Purdue better uh, in the long run. I know that's no consolation right now. It sounds like spin after a loss. But when you heard Matt Painter in the press conference kind of, sort of, almost call out Braden Smith for not playing very well, Coaches don't say that unless they know how a player is going to respond. And that, that, that reeked, reeked, I tell you, of a coach knowing what buttons to push on really competitive and really mature kids. And I think, you know, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith get better because of this. Trey Kaufman-Wren gets better because of this. He struggled, too, tonight with Rutgers' physicality. Rutgers is kind of something you have to experience, I think. Um, you've seen a number of times over the years when Purdue's really struggled with Rutgers. The first 10 minutes of the game, the first half even in a lot of cases, including tonight, are real kind of struggles for Purdue as they acclimate to the way Rutgers plays, as they acclimate to kind of the conditions on the ground. And I think this game for Purdue, even though you you really wanted to win this game, um, I think really is the sort of thing that makes Purdue better uh, in the long run. And, you know, the, the, the good thing about Big Ten play, I guess, as coaches and players sometimes say, is you turn right around and you play somebody else. Um, Ohio State won't pose the same problems as Rutgers. Ohio State will pose different problems than Rutgers, though, uh, as will Penn State, as will on and on down the line. Um, but I think that this was uh, a valuable developmental experience for Purdue. Um, you know, I, I don't think the number one thing matters as much towards the bottom line for Purdue this season. I think it's something fans like. I think it's good for the program, but I, I, I don't think you lose anything by losing that. Being number one in the country obviously has not helped you one bit against Rutgers two years in a row now. Um, but I think, you know, this game really shined a light on a lot of the ways Purdue has had to get better even as they were winning every game they played. Uh, I think part of that is, you know, over-reliance on Zach Eady. Part of that is needing to make more threes. Part of that is playing a full 40 minutes on defense, which, you know, they lapsed at the end of the game a little bit, which was a little bit atypical uh, of them this season anyway uh, but I just think that uh, this game did kind of rub raw a lot of wounds that were sort of bandaged up by Purdue winning every game it played and you know I, I, I don't think a whole lot of bad things can come from you know something that might really underscore to Purdue how much better it has to still get again you want to be able to learn those lessons through winning and I think Purdue to some extent has this season um, but having to uh, having to eat this one, I think you know, starting tomorrow, I think there's probably some positive to be taken from this as long as Purdue, you know, carries itself productively here in the next 
24 to 36 hours. I would not anticipate that being a problem, uh, but we have not seen this team yet this season uh, rebound from a loss. So uh, as so much has been this season uh, for Purdue, this is kind of uncharted territory again they're delving into. Uh, so we'll kind of see what happens. So this has been your Golden Black Radio Express post-game podcast as I drive by the Whitaker Inn. Uh, it is brought to you by our friends at the Whitaker Inn as well as uh, the Purdue Federal Credit Union, uh, the Sand Valley Golf Resort, uh, TNW Design and Build, AcrePro.com, and the East End Grill and Ripple and Company. So I will talk to you guys again on Thursday night after Purdue plays at Ohio State. Uh, hopefully this fog lifts by then and I can actually see 10 feet in front of my car. Um, but we'll talk to everybody then. So have a good morning, everyone. Have a good night, whatever it might be. Take care.